You're listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. If you care about growing your skills and getting more new sales appointments, pipeline, and closed one deals, you came to the right place. Subscribe to the show on YouTube, iTunes, or Spreaker, and be sure to go back and listen to all the episodes for the best strategies, tips, and tactics out there on running a high-performance sales development program. And now, your host, founder, and CEO of TenBound at TenBound.com, David Delaney. CRM has been proven to limit sales reps' responsiveness, persistency, and cadence. It's a design flaw, and it's losing you deals. That is why today's sales leaders use sales engagement platforms like VanillaSoft. Check it out. Go to VanillaSoft.com and start your free trial. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. (laughs) I'm here live at the Optimizely office with my good friend, Mr. Chris Castellini. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. David, how are you? Good to see you. Oh, man. Thank you so much for your hospitality and the team. We just had an awesome meeting with the team to talk about the, uh, the, the roadmap here for sales development. Chris, you know, if people have not been following your work and, and, and your career, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into sales development and uh, how, how you uh, got in here at Optimizely? Yeah, totally. So I, um, I've been doing this sales development thing now for almost six years, uh, mm-hmm. always in a leadership capacity. Before that, I was an um, individual contributor as an enterprise AE. So I've been now kind of in the, the working world for 15, 16 years at this point. Wow. I got into sales development actually by by uh, chance almost. I didn't even know back in the day that the role even existed. But my good buddy Shep Maher was the SVP of sales over at a company called GuideSpark, which is down in Menlo Park. Mm. And at the time he had over 45 SDRs which represented about half of their sales organization, which was about 100 people large. And he had one guy running that entire team of 45 people. And so he hit me up and he's like, hey, I know you wanted to get into leadership, et cetera. I've got an opportunity for you. What about the sales development thing? And I was like, sure, why not? So fell into it, immediately loved the role, loved the function, loved uh, mentoring and coaching young professionals. And and uh, for the most part, love generating uh, opportunities and pipeline for business. Nice. Okay. And so, how did you how did you find out about the opportunity here? And and you know, tell us about Optimizely. Yeah. So it's been about a year, a little over a year and a half now that I've been at, at Optimizely. I was in a position where I wanted to own a, a global sales development organization for a more sophisticated and successful business. And, and at the time, Optimizely was, was looking for someone like myself. So the timing worked out really well. I actually outbounded. We were just talking about this, right? <laughs> I just I actually outbounded at the time the SVP of sales, Travis Bryant, who was here. Uh, he had been here for five or six years at the time. And I said, hey, I, I noticed that you guys have this role open for five or six months. If it's still open, we should chat. And over the course of about a month and a half, really learned the ins and outs of the of the business and realized very quickly as a place where I wanted to to join and and it's been it's been great. Yeah, what's the process like? I mean for a senior leader in sales development, what's the process like for you know looking for 
new opportunities and going into that that whole cycle because it seems like it you know getting a sales development rep job like it might be like two or three interviews and then yeah. when can you start uh, you know there some of them are longer than that but yep. like for a more senior executive it's such a key role i mean was it is it pretty hard to go through that whole process yeah it, it's hard it's intense it is time consuming yeah i had I got to think back now, but I had probably over a dozen interviews. Yeah. You know, it started with a meet and greet with Travis over the phone just to kind of fill me out. Right. Then I was here for three hours. Then I had to do 30, 60, 90 day presentation. Of course, I had to meet with other senior leaders across the business, both here and in Europe, because it was a global role. Oh, So they really put me through the ringer. Which is great, right? Because as a senior leader, you want the opportunity to really understand what's going on yeah. in the business and, and see where the opportunities are, but also see where all the bodies are buried. Okay. And one thing that I really liked about Optimizely was they were incredibly transparent. In fact, it's one of our key values. Okay. And they didn't hold anything back. They said, hey, you know, this is what's working well, but there's a ton of, can I swear? Of course. <laughs> Swearing is welcome here. <laughs> There's a ton of shit, right? That you okay. need to be aware of. And, yeah. You know, um, there are things that we can do immediately to fix them, but there are things that we don't even know where to begin in terms of how to solve for them. And yeah. that's why we're talking to you. So I really, really felt good about knowing everything about the business and what I was walking into. Yeah. Do you ever, because I remember before I started 10Bound, I, I was just going out looking for a a job yeah. and they would give me all these assignments and stuff and they wanted me to do all these presentations and I was just like, ah, screw this. You know, like, does that ever get frustrating when, you know, you put in all this time and effort and stuff and you're really excited and, and then like they go in a different direction? Yeah, of course. When I was interviewing <laughs> here, I was actually considering a sales development leadership role at Amazon. Mm-hmm. AWS. And oh I don't my know God. if you've been through an AWS interview or heard of it, yeah. but it's the most rigorous interview process that I've ever experienced and made this actually look like kindergarten. Okay. And the amount of work that you put in there is incredible. But what sucks is they don't give you any feedback. And I didn't get the job at the point at the time, yeah. but you put in all this work and then you don't get anything back. Yeah. That's frustrating. Right, because you don't you don't know how to improve. You don't know where you went wrong or where you went right. Yeah, but that wasn't the case here. Obviously, I got the role, but the entire time they were providing feedback on on what I was doing and what was working and what, what wasn't working. Okay, and so and so you look at it like there's two sides. One is the it's a really critical role for the business. Yeah. I mean, you're like on the hook for all the pipeline, you know, right. and coordinating all the stuff that a sales development leader does, coordinating all these different departments to get the pipeline in place. So it's a really important role. So I get it. Like from a business perspective, they want to put you through the ringer per se, you know, to make sure that, you know, you get there. But from a candidate perspective, it's really tough. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's tough, but I would be concerned if they didn't, right? Yeah. I would be very concerned that the business itself one, didn't take the role seriously enough to put you through the ringer, mm-hmm. or they were so desperate they just wanted to get a live body with okay. some pulse through the door. <laughs> and if that's the case, then, and if, if you've got readers that are listeners that are in that situation where they're being offered a role without having to put in that much effort, especially if it's a senior leadership role, I would tell them to run for the hills. 
Okay. Probably something there that you're not aware of that they're keeping from you. And then you're going to find it out in your first week. Oh my God, dude, this is trippy because I can think back to when, you know, it went super smooth and you didn't have to give a presentation. You didn't have to be all this stuff. And then all of a sudden you get there and you're like, this is a freaking shit show. Yeah. 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 So, 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 okay. I've been in those situations too. Okay, so so be be more grown up about it. Like go in and if they're, I mean, the AWS is like off the charts. Yeah, it's like the Navy SEALs. Yeah, I swear. And and they've got a very high standard, and, and mm-hmm. they're in a position to do that. Yeah. But I think the majority of companies don't take that level of of uh, rigor or effort in their interview process. And yeah. if you're not experiencing that as a candidate, I I would be wary. Okay. Okay. So let me. I'm just going to switch gears. So. Someone like you who has been in a leadership role in sales development for a while, what advice would you give to people who are interested in staying in the sales development world and potentially becoming a manager, director, or even VP? Yeah, yeah. Actually, all I have to do is, is think back to the conversation I had with Jackie. We were just talking about her, who's yeah. you know, a manager on my team here in San Francisco. She was an SDR uh, here for over two and a half years as an enterprise and then strategic SDR. Mm-hmm. And before I got here, she always felt like AE was the right path for her. Yeah. And she felt like that because that's what she was being told by others. Like, oh, this is the path you need to go. You're going to make money, blah, 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 blah. You know, this is the, this is the common trajectory for people. It wasn't until I, I sat down with her over the course of many one-on-ones and just asked her like what what makes you happy what motivates you what do you get fulfillment by did it come out that she's like you know what i love managing people i love analytics i love training and enablement i love mentoring and then she through you know the course of a, a few conversations realized that that was the right route for her so to answer your question specifically i think people need to come to grips themselves on what makes them happy and where they see themselves in terms of developing a career, at least in the yeah. short term, you know, just going back to Jackie for a minute, she doesn't have to do the sales development management role forever, right? She's yeah. just, she's doing this as an opportunity to learn and become a leader. If she wants to be an AE, she can do that, right? Eventually, mm-hmm. if she wants to get into to operations, she can do that. But you need to look into yourself and say, what makes me happy? What am I fulfilled by? What am I going to enjoy every day? Yeah. Um, and run as fast as you can at that point versus being almost manipulated or influenced by what other people feel or think yeah. or what they've experienced them, themselves. Wow, that, that's really tough because I, I feel like, you know, we're brought up to, you know, base what we're doing on what other people are telling us, you know, just from being in school and being yeah. with your parents and stuff like that and being who other people want you to be. And then all of a sudden you get out and you're like, okay, you, you look around and you go, well, I want to be like that or that or something like that. Like you kind of get away from what your advice is where to step back and kind of think about what you're good at and what you want to do. Exactly. And, and yeah. map it out too, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe again, AE or some other role is, is the end goal for someone, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go there and be the baby. Right. Yeah. Maybe you've identified certain skills that you're not necessarily strong at. Well, maybe you should take a role that helps you develop those skills first, which would make you then ultimately a better account executive. Manager, right. 
right? Yeah. So think about it, be thoughtful, build out a path, and then execute on that. Yeah. And what if, if someone's listening and they're like, you know what, dude, I, I thought that being a manager would be great, but it's actually a pain in the neck. Yeah. <laughs> and like all these people <laughs> want, <it> <laughs> all these people want my time and they're just whining all the time. Right. And, and what, what advice would you give somebody like that? Who's just like, maybe this isn't right for them. Have they made that choice to be a manager? Yeah, they're realizing. Uh huh. Yeah, because a lot of people that write in that and that they're they're listening to this are are managing teams. Yeah, and you know it's not it's not for everyone. Like Jackie took a step back and said, "I like doing this," and then she got into the role. She's like, "I'm I'm liking this. I'm I'm developing. I'm growing in my career." But if you find yourself on the opposite end of that spectrum, what What do you you think you should do? (laughs) Yeah, don't jump. Okay, don't jump. Uh, Life could be worse. Yeah, I think if that were me, I think I would do a, a few things. One, I would try to figure out, is it the role that you don't like? Yeah. Or is it maybe that's that role at that specific company, right? Mm-hmm. Because it could be the, the company, team, product. It could be the industry that is influencing your experience as a manager. Yeah. Right? Big time. Uh, yeah. So I think you need to be able to differentiate between those two. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if it's the wrong company, then it's easy, right? Go <laughs> to another company, uh, our manager or leader there and, and actually like it. Yeah. But if you, if you identify that the company is actually good for the most part and it's the role itself that isn't very good, then I firmly believe that you should be as decisive as possible, as quickly as possible. And just cut the cord, right? And recognize yeah. that you have maybe made a potential bad decision and then start much like you do with other kind of career opportunities, start pathing out what that, that looks like for you, right? So yeah. you, maybe you should have been an AE, right? Just go and figure it out. Go yeah. interview, go network, go and attend AAISP or some of these other networks to learn what those opportunities and options are and then just get after it. Yeah, I, that's really good advice. I mean, I, I think what I, I remember looking back in my career is I always, I wanted to like stick something out, even though I felt like it wasn't necessarily the right fit. But it's like, I didn't want to have like 27 different careers on my yeah. resume, yeah. you know, and it's just like, now I think back and it's like, actually just try out a bunch of shit, you know, especially if you're listening and like you're an SDR and you're in your the beginning of your career, you know, like that gut feeling is, uh, you know, that's how you kind of figure out who you are and what you want to do. It's by trying a bunch of stuff that doesn't necessarily work right. and, and going towards something that feels right for you. It I seems. Would, I would, yeah. I, I do have a, a point of view on that. And I actually wrote a blog for sales hacker on this topic. Yeah. Trying to remain patient, mm. especially as it pertains to your career. Mm. And this is coming from someone who is probably the most patient person you'll meet. Okay. <laughs> and I think typically, at least in my experience, you know, salespeople are ambitious, driven people are typically sure. impatient, right? Because you want to go and do something better or different right away. And the reason why I'm mentioning this is you might not be happy in the current moment about your role, but you need to ask yourself again, is it the role itself that's making you happy or are you just maybe in a kind of an impatient funk, right? Yeah. Do you feel like you could be doing something better or different, but it's more the impatience that is saying, Hey, 
all my buddies are, are getting promoted or I see all these other people doing better than I am. Yeah. Is that the reason that is, that's pushing you to be unfulfilled by what you do? Yeah. Because if it is, then you need to just be mature and thoughtful about it. And let that kind of work itself out. Yeah. And this is something I struggle with all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Is I've been doing this thing now for, like I said, five or six years. There's other things that I want to do. I want to yeah. run a sales organization, et cetera. But I have to remind myself that there are things that I still need to develop as a sales development leader myself in terms mm -hmm. of skills that I need to continue to do what I do now and and continue to develop those those strengths, right? And yeah. address some of the weaknesses to make me, I think, you know, uh, I guess better positioned for the next step. Yeah, that is so great. I mean, I, I one of the things that you mentioned is uh, having patience with the situation. And I think... I can just look back on my career and it's like your ego kind of can, can, can trap you. And, and I didn't really think about ego much, but it's really dangerous. Like when you start to think that you're too big for your britches, you know, and, and you make decisions based on ego versus looking around and, and like, Hey, this is pretty good. Like I, I have it pretty good here, yeah. you know? So it doesn't help, right. That we've got, and I mentioned this in the blog, we've got Instagram. Facebook and all of these other social media platforms yeah. that give the impression that everyone is better than you are and they're living these fabulous lives and they're getting promoted all the time and they've got all this money and they're going to these lavish vacations, right? Yeah. And I think you need to ignore that shit as much as you can because if you start comparing yourself with everyone else, yeah, you're always going to be fulfilled by it, right? Mm -hmm. It's okay to be ambitious and driven and continue to work hard for whatever you want to do, but you know, what your buddy does or what this person does that you follow on Instagram doesn't yeah. focus on yourself. Oh, dude. I mean, that's such, that's, that's amazing because I think that, um, you know, those, those social media sites are like a double-edged sword yeah. kind of in that they're great in that they connect and you can see what people are doing and you can stay in touch. Yeah. But, but it's like, you're only seeing like the tip of the iceberg, especially with really well manicured, you know, sites and, and yeah. people and stuff people. like that. Yeah. Like you don't see all the crap that they have to do every day. And so if you look at your life and you're like, my life is like a bunch of crap, except for one little tiny thing at the yeah. top, yeah. then you're just comparing yourself. Right. And you yeah. get, you start spinning your wheels. Yeah. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah. Right. So ignore that stuff as much as you can. In fact, I don't even have Instagram or Facebook or any of those social media platforms for that very reason. Only oh my God. I use LinkedIn. Okay. Because I actually gain value from LinkedIn. Now I get shit from my friends all the time because I don't have Instagram or any of that stuff. But you know, I couldn't handle it. Right. I would be the one to compare myself to everyone. Sure. And I've eliminated that distraction. Are you in sales, but you're not using a sales engagement tool? then you're probably losing out on revenue because you are not engaging with prospects at the right time, with the right cadence, and with enough persistency. You need VanillaSoft. Start your free trial today. Go to VanillaSoft.com. That's such good. Oh, man, that is good stuff because I have those things under the auspices of like brand to. brand right. building. Yeah, because <laughs> I have one for 10-bound. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, who the hell you know, reads Instagram to learn stuff about 10 bound. Yeah, I mean, I it's a stupid dude. <laughs> I don't even why. Okay. I'm making a pledge right now. Out. I'm cutting that <laughs> shit out. Just a LinkedIn only. All right. That is good. That is good stuff. I like that. And so I want to ask you, what do you 
in the back of your head, say SDRs are coming to you. I'm sure they're coming to you all the time. And they're like, Chris, you know, I'm ready. I want to move up. I want to move to the next level. I mean, throughout your career, I'm sure this has happened a lot. Like, what is your thought process as the leader when someone brings you that? It happens all the time. And again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier around recruiting, right? I recruit typically very ambitious, driven, motivated people. So that's part of their nature. And it's it's something that, that I expect. Now, if they're coming to me three, four, five, six months into the role and saying, hey, boss, I want the next step, I take that opportunity, unless it's this edge case where they're the most incredible person ever. I take that opportunity to reset expectations with them and say, look, you've been in the role six months. You need to chill out, right? You need to focus on your current role and perfecting your trade and then earning the right to do something something else. Stop being impatient. Who cares what your buddies are doing over at these other stupid companies, right? Focus on being the best at what you do and then making it very clear when there's an opportunity for advancement that you're that next, next person. Now, if the person has been in the role for 18, 24 months and they've done everything right and, and are really positioned themselves to you know, do that, that next role, then it's my job as a leader to support them, right? Yeah. So then it becomes more of a conversation around, okay, let's map your skills against the skills necessary for that new role. Yeah. Where do you match well? And, and maybe where are some of your gaps? It's a bit of a gap analysis, right? Hmm. And then we will put together a plan to make sure that they're, you know, doing everything that they need to do in, in their current SDR role to make them as successful in their future role as possible. In addition to that, it's my job internally to start advocating for them, right? Hmm. So doing a bit of internal selling because it's not, especially to optimize the, it's not given that just because you're a successful SDR that you're going to be a successful AP. Yeah. Um, you need to work your ass off for that and you need to interview properly and successfully in order to do that. But part of that is me bartering and influencing internally and saying, hey, you know, there's this, this individual on my team that would kill it, right? And doing that over mm-hmm. the course of a, a few weeks to make sure that they're positioned well. Okay. And then uh, do you start that early, like as far as the gap analysis with them or is it, uh, do they have to be hitting their number for like 18 to 24 months to even start that process? Yeah. Good question. So we talk about career often at Optimizely, uh, even in the six month example, like that's yeah. something that I bring up in one-on-ones just to get an understanding of, of what people do. But it's usually at about that year mark where it starts getting serious, right? Where it's mm-hmm. every week we're talking about career. We put together what we call here a career flight plan where it shows what they want to do. And then we map out the steps necessary to do that. Oh, wow. We assign That's really ownership cool. of things, right? So I'll own things. They'll own things. We'll get other people involved. So it's something that we're talking about frequently at about that year mark. Oh, man. That's amazing. I mean, because you look at some companies that don't have anything like that, you know, and then some some like Optimizely is much more advanced in that way. And it must be so much better for the people that work there versus like, I mean, I see just a lot of companies, it's very fly by the seat of your pants, like, or who do you know? You know, it's 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 an undefined path. Yeah, Yeah, we're not perfect, man, by any means. Um, Yeah we try to structure that process as much as possible because, you know, ultimately it's someone's career, right. That we're talking about. So we want to take that seriously. 
the challenge that we face though at Optimizely, and, and I'm sure this is a consistent challenge for maybe some of your listeners, the gap between sales development and sales here is widening, right? Yeah. And the reason for that is because the tool that we're selling is becoming more sophisticated. Mm-hmm. It's becoming far more expensive. And as a result, the experience necessary to be able to sell a tool highly optimizely, even in what we call our digital or mid-market space, requires someone with five plus years of sales experience. Yeah. So being able to temper an SDR's expectation that, hey, you know, you've been an awesome SDR for two years, you're not going to be a good AE, right? Digital yeah. AE, because these people have been doing it for much longer than you. But let's figure out what that that kind of interim step looks like. Yeah. And, and trying to set expectations. What do you do? Because I've been in that situation before and it's really tough because they're just like, oh, you know, there's no opportunity for me. So I'm just going to leave, yeah. you know, and then there's 12 months of training and all that stuff out the door, yeah. you know? And, and so how do you, how do you keep them around? It's tough. Sometimes the right path is mm-hmm. for them to leave. Yeah. And we've had that here. Uh, I remember one gentleman on my team that he was here over two years and now he's a um, AE over at Zendesk, right? Okay. Doing very well. And we had a very transparent conversation yeah. many times where it's like, look, dude, I'm going to work as hard as I can to keep you here because I think you deserve to be here and I want to keep you, but I'm also going to help you find your next role somewhere else. If that's not yeah. in fact the case because I, I owe that to him, right? He's been yeah. in his time and, and he's a good dude. So he needs to go somewhere and, and be successful if it's not a, at optimized way. If that's not the case, right? If that's not the best option, then maybe we can buy ourselves some time with other people. Usually what I found to be a very effective tactic is in addition to having these career conversations, in addition to making them feel supported, you need to do two things. You, wanna, you need to one, get the future leader right? So maybe it's a digital sales leader, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for AE, you need to get that person bought in to that individual and yeah. do mentorship programs, do one-on-ones, you know, every other week so they can start supporting them, right? So they feel like they're learning and growing for their future role, but you also need to invest in them from an enablement standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got a subscription that you do you know, we send people to conferences like your conference, to make sure that even though they're still in their current role, they feel like they're learning and growing through internal resources, but also externally. Okay. And so they can stick around, but there's not necessarily a sales position. Do, do they sometimes go to different parts of the company or is yeah. it just sales? Yeah. So yeah. We've had people go into marketing. We've had people success. Yeah. We've had individuals go into product even, right? Yeah. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a big jump. Did they have a, a, just a quick question about that. Do they have a product background or, or some no. engineering background or just, yeah, just typically engineering background? Okay. Really analytical or yeah. They want to get into product management, right? So mm-hmm. uh, they do that, or maybe it's a solutions engineer where they really like the technical aspects of the tool. Yeah. So we encourage any path, you know, of course yeah. the common path is to AD. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if they want to go do something else, we'll support that. Yeah. And so uh, that's what's cool about sales development. I mean, yeah. and you mentioned the reason that you have been in this for a while is, is the mentoring and the coaching and like finding A players that, not, not you know, could be the next generation of your company, yeah. you know, for a place like Optimizely. So I want to ask you, we got a couple more minutes, mistakes that you see SDRs making as far as 
they're coming to you. You know, we talked about one, they're coming to you after two months and they're like, Hey, I want to be promoted. And I don't know how close you are to their like daily life, but do you see any mistakes that, you know, people could think about and potentially get ahead of, Mm -hmm. you know, based on your experience here? Yeah. I'm going to try to get as as tactical and, and specific as possible. The biggest mistake that I see is SDRs getting complacent in their role. Okay. And and what I mean by that is the level of curiosity, creativity that this role re- requires over time, unless you're focused on it, tends to evaporate, right? Because it's yeah. a bit of a mundane role. Yeah. Uh, and it's very easy to fall back into this kind of rut where you're doing the same shit over and over and over again. Yes. Now, if that's working for you, great, but eventually it won't work anymore. So you need to continue to to iterate. So people that have been very successful consistently month over month, which I think is important to point out, are ones that are always on a monthly basis or quarterly basis, looking back and doing a bit of a retro and saying, this is what I know works, right? This is what works very well and what I do very well. These are things that I tried that maybe didn't work very well. And, and these are things that absolutely don't work. Yeah. They're constantly iterating, right? They're saying, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to try video now, right? Yeah. I'm going to try social. I'm going to try sending video through social, right? And trying to have fun with it yeah. and see what works. Yeah, It's, it's the people who are just going to continue to bang the phones or send shitty emails or do a video once in a while or send some, you know, lame LinkedIn network request, right. Without any kind of context, like those are people that are not going to do well. In the long term. Yeah. It's almost becomes robotic. So, exactly. so how, yeah. How did they, how did they break out of that complacency rut? Because I could totally see that happening. I mean, you know, you're doing it's the natural. same thing yeah. over and over again. Yeah. How do they break out of it? One, they need to recognize that they're in the rut, right. Yeah. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes management is too busy or, or lazy to help them recognize that. But assuming that they do, and it comes back to it comes back to caring. Like they actually need a they need to give a shit yeah. enough to say, Hey, I might be in a rut now, right? I know that this isn't maybe the role that I want to do forever, but I'm gonna be doing it for the next six to eight, ten months. And for me to enjoy what I'm doing and for me to get some fulfillment out of it. I need to rethink what I'm doing and challenge myself to be better and be different. Yeah. So it's it's almost like AA to a certain extent. Yeah. Not that I'm <laughs> the seven steps. I'm alcoholic, <laughs> but maybe I am. I don't know. But yeah, my name's yeah. Bob, and I'm complacent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you need to um, you need to you know recognize that you've got a bit of a problem, right? And, yeah. And, and put together a plan to help you navigate that. And the same kind of logic applies here. Yeah. Which is stop doing what, what's not working and, and double down on what is. Yeah, I, I love that. And you said care, you know, when we do the training for SDRs, we start with trying to understand the buyer yeah. and, and what their world is like. And then what I always struggle with is how do you how do you get people to care about the buyer? Like, do you really give a crap yeah. about what these people are going through? Yeah. Like in, in order to sell the meeting to t- talk about optimizely, yep. like whatever the problem is that they're having, do you really care about that? Yeah. And I can always feel like people are just like, not really, dude. I mean, I just want a freaking paycheck, yeah. you know? And that's why I'm here. Like, I don't care if we have 
double authenticated security systems that help you or whatever <laughs> yeah, it is right. that, that were so it's like fuck you know how how do you how do you care if you don't feel it down deep inside or is it another thing that i'm missing like no, 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 no. i think i think i think that's it man. I, I think if someone genuinely doesn't care or isn't empathetic to the needs of their customers or prospect that's a really good yeah, and in my opinion, it would suggest that a career in sales is the right path. Right? Yeah, and it's ultimately for you to be a great sales professional, to be a great problem solver, which is what salespeople are. You need to give a shit. Right? Yeah, because if you don't care, then you're just going to be suggesting uh, products that might not even make sense, right? Or not, or not even relevant to the to the needs of the of the end user. Yeah. So if you don't care. Maybe go do marketing or something else. <laughs> something else. So, so okay, because I, I just want to challenge you. Like, a lot of the companies that I work with are in cybersecurity. Okay. And it was a really tough business. And I think that that's why they struggle with their sales development programs because the cybersecurity industry, it's made up of people who don't want to be, you know, invaded at all. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, if someone's out there listening right now and they're like, on the fence or like, I don't know if I really care about the people that I'm selling to or I'm trying to get a meeting with, or I don't care about how my, my solution necessarily makes their life better. Yep. Like what, what should they do? You're yeah. saying get out of this. Yeah, I think, I think get out of that. Yeah. I okay. Think, wow. I think what you're, what you're saying though is it may be a little bit different. I think it's important to be very passionate about what you do, right? And yeah. Connected to your solution and connected to the people that you're selling to. If you don't have that, then you might need to either consider another industry, company, or role. Yeah. But if you genuinely just don't care about solving people's problems or needs, the sales is absolutely the wrong profession. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like one guy brought up the um, in the meeting the used car salesman yeah. like mentality. Like yeah. that was a person that mentality of a used car salesman. They like they love the game. They love the game of like trying to trick you into like buying something yeah. that you don't necessarily need and they like getting the money, yeah. you know? So maybe that's something that you care about, but that's kind of sleazy and weird, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. But I think what you're saying is really accurate in that if your heart is in it, like you genuinely, you know, you want to help people out and you, you have something that can, then you're going to be successful because that's a flywheel kind of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that is a great foundation. Yeah. And that's how people want to, engage with sales professionals right where they feel like you're putting their needs front and center and that your job is to solve for those yeah those needs if you're just you know slinging product it's yeah it's not, dude it's not a long-term successful strategy i mean that complacency thing man it's like how do you get the mojo back you know and it's just rhetorical but it's like i see so many sgrs out there who are like six 12 months into the job and it's just becoming like a robotic thing. Yeah. And they, they need to get the curiosity and creativity back and figure out like, let's the tactical takeaway. Yeah. Once a month, sit down, look back, what worked, what kind of worked, and what do you never want to do again yeah. and change it up. Exactly. Okay. And I've got yeah. a, a bit of a, a tidbit for you here, something that I, I've developed over time, but might help with this specifically. Yeah. We, um, we don't host kind of formal team meetings. We, we do more of a, a stand-up in the, in the pod. And we call it our tone meeting, setting the tone for the week. We do it on, on Mondays, Monday mornings. 
But tone is actually an acronym, stand for targets, objectives, new, and execution. The, mm -hmm. the end, the new part of, of tone is to force people to think every week, what am I going to try new this week? Mm -hmm. Right? Maybe it's standing up at their desk. Maybe it's making calls at a different time of the day. Right? But you're trying to get someone in a um, mindset whereby they're always thinking about you know, iterating on their process. They're always thinking about what could I be doing differently? Okay. And if you're forcing people through tone or some structure, then you might get them to think think differently. Okay, dude, that's awesome. So, because we, we transcribed this, so give me tone again. The the what is the T? T is targets. Targets. Okay, so you're talking about who you're going to go after. No, no, no. Target is no. how are you how are you performing against your targets? Toward your targets. I yeah. got it. Okay, okay, yeah, so and then a forecast update. Forecast update. Yeah. Right, and then and I'll show you the board. Okay. O is objectives. Objectives. So those are your goals for the week. Got right? it. it okay. Be, I want to book five meetings this week. I want to take down this account, whatever the case may be. Got it. And okay. again, it's something new. What are you going to do new? That I love because that's where the cure creativity comes up. It's going to be, I'm yeah. going to run this campaign. I'm going to, yeah. again, whatever the case may be. And then E is execute. What's your plan? Yeah. How are you going to execute this week? What specific accounts are you going to go after? Right. Et cetera. Oh my we God. go through that person by person. Everyone has their own square on our whiteboard, and they say, "This is my tone." Thing. And again, we're trying to set the tone. It's a bit of a play of words, right? <laughs> nice, dude. I love that, man. I, I need to do that. That's yeah. really, really good. Yeah. But it'd be tough to do tone to yourself. But yeah, yeah, I guess you can, that, right? <laughs> just get a mirror. Do it with your wife, <laughs> right? Exactly. Mirror and a whiteboard. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so last question. We're right up against the time. What are you excited about? What do you, you, you're, you're, you've been in sales development for a while. Yeah. Where do you see yourself? Uh, what are you excited about in your future for Chris? Yeah. What am I excited about? One, Optimizely and yeah. the opportunity here. You know, we're a hundred plus million dollar business. Um, wow. Set to be much larger than that. And I think there's a real opportunity for us to do something big. Nice. Uh, if it's a IPO or if it's some sort of major M&A, I think that's in the cards. So that's cool to be a part of that. Wow. So it's still a private company? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize that. But yeah. go on. So the, they got a big future. Big future. That's exciting. For me personally, though, and we were touching on this earlier, I love sales development. I love pipeline ownership. But um, I was an AE for over a dozen years myself. So mm. I eventually want to get into owning revenue. And yeah. so building out an inside sales team or getting to that sales part of the business where I'm, I'm running a, a group of closers uh, would be a, a future career goal. For nice. Oh, my God. Okay. So uh, hopefully no headhunters are listening <laughs> to this. Optimizely, sorry. I love your office. <laughs> Man, that is exciting. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Yeah, I was talking to this buddy of mine. I won't say who it is, so I don't embarrass him. But he was going on and on about his big new house that he bought in Narinda and how oh, he was God. restoring it and putting all this stuff. I'm like, damn, dude, I should have gotten into sales. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. that's a that's a lucrative path if you if you're passionate it, it about it. It could be. Yeah, yeah. So well Chris, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank Tons of good stuff me. there. We're gonna transcribe this, get it on the Tenbound website, and I just appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum one hundred percent focused and dedicated to sales development, with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. 
If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.